two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. And coming up on this Wednesday edition, Brady Quinn was on hand for a little bit of history at the Quinn household. We will discuss. Also going to have a very awkward conversation about ugliest feet in sports. Don't worry, it'll make sense. Uh, We're going to talk about Major League Baseball and its lockout. We're going to poke some fun at Rob Manford's press conference. What the hell was he talking about at certain points? We got the very latest on Aaron Rodgers. Was there a Bruce Arians, Tom Brady feud, the latest on Saquon Barkley's status with the New York Giants, and also the great Petros Papadakis stops by. All of it is yours coming up next here. Two pros and a cup of Joe on a Wednesday, Fox Sports Radio. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are, making us a part of your Wednesday morning. We'll take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific here on Fox Sports Radio. All sorts of good stuff to get into here. Uh, We got a TV star, LeVar Arrington, with us. Uh, We've also got a, a guy who um listen i mean uh you know i I thought for sure he could have found a direct flight out of town but he is still in denver uh the great brady (laughs) quinn uh who is uh, on hand for a little bit of history after life at jesus made him disappear i mean you know that's right i mean i I don't don't know what happened yesterday but next thing i know i'm in denver (laughs) all all thanks to live bet jesus hey man that weed's a weird thing out there i hear (laughs) yeah Uh, the the, the green wolf is what they call (laughs) it yes uh, the hippie lettuce um now what is uh, so you left-handed cigarette. You you were uh, on hand to see actually a really really cool moment with your brother-in-law who plays uh, defense for. He's a defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche. The yep. great Jack Johnson. Yep. Uh, no relation to the other Jack Johnson, the, the singer. Well, oh, yeah, the, oh, the well, singer. The boxer is legitimate. The singer stinks. Uh-huh. His music is atrocious. It's that hippie might have been rock. Complicated though with the boxer, you know. Yeah, well, if you they know. were related. You know, I'm just just taking a stab at that. Hey, one. Hey, like, on know. this show, anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, you, that, you guys. You know, no, that is very so. true. That is true. That <laughs> so, is true. so there's that. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you follow that up? Uh, yes. No. So so we came in because Jack got to play in his 1,000th game in the regular season, which is, I mean, th- this is how rare, okay? The NHL has been around since 1917. Jack is just the 363rd player in that span of time. So what, 105 years? To be to play a thousand regular season games, he's only the 119th defenseman, and I think he's actually like the only 40-something American player. So wow. pretty incredible when you when you look at just how hard it is to play that many games and play that long in the NHL, uh, and then just awesome. I mean, the ceremony was amazing. Uh, the way they went about kind of showing. Everything throughout his career, uh, my, my sister and their kids, you know, his family was all down there. There was a ton of people in town to witness it. It was one of the coolest things I've, I've ever witnessed in sports as far as seeing a player get honored. Um, they, they give out this, this silver stick, and they're all standing on the red carpet on ice. It's a really, really cool thing, but um, it's, it's just an incredible accomplishment on his part. Yeah, congrats, congrats. And That's awesome. As a, as a former athlete, I don't have to know – the sport all the way through and through as an expert to know that when you hear a number like 1,000th game, 
that 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 player has exercised some serious longevity. So shots out to your brother-in-law, man. Especially when you consider all the injuries he's had a battle. I, like he uh, jumped on the show with Brady oh. and I on a Sunday night where he lost. How many teeth just, did he just, lose? Just this year alone, he's been hit in the face by the puck <laughs> at least three times. I mean, he's <laughs> he's at this point, he's got stitches on both sides of his face <laughs> from getting hit in the face with a puck. And then, actually, after one of the times he got hit in the face of the puck and got stitched up, that was when he got into a fight. Uh, it was like two or three games afterwards where he got in a fight with someone on the boards. I mean, for what could be considered a you know a questionable hit, but that's neither here nor there. He, it, it's been an, it, it just it's one of those seasons you watch, you go, wow, all the the physical contact they endure through the entire regular season. It truly is incredible. Yeah, the twenty first American born defenseman in the history of the league. That's wow. cra- that's a crazy accomplishment and achievement, and he and he's a good dude as well too. He's a really good guy. Yeah. Um, so uh, you ever see the feet of ice skaters, like of of hockey players? Have you ever seen their feet? What are they bad? Oh, bro, like that might be the most underrated bad foot industry <laughs> oh, that I've hold ever on. seen. I mean, I've seen his because I've seen him in flip flops. His feet aren't bad. They now, aren't? I've seen no. I've Oof. seen some DBs and wide receivers. And those are some of the ugliest things you'll those ever see. Those are some see. ugly toes. Those because are some their ugly toes, toes are gone. Like some Man. of those guys don't have like toenails and stuff. So I, yeah. I don't know about see, all I that. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that on in the hot. You know, I did a lot of uh, hot tubbing. Yeah, you did. I, 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 contrast. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Nah, I, well, I did a lot of um, <laughs> going. It's so stupid. I, I, I did a lot of local We're coverage. We're rubber so. ducky over there. Oh my god! All right. So 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 I was in. Uh, the the Capitals locker room, man, forget it. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't, don't even worry. Uh, but I have seen some really bad toes in the locker room that, that I was in at one point in time. I'll okay, why are wide receivers and DBs toes uh, that much more mangled than anybody else? It's like kicking I, a wall every time you stop, right? Yeah, and, and the it. shoes they wear. Like a lot of times, you know, it's all about speed. Guys will wear tighter, smaller shoes. But it, it's the cutting. It, it's the cutting and turning and twisting and stopping. It's It's all of that. I mean, it's... It's tough on their feet, man. I mean, I, I feel bad. You see those guys a lot of times taking their shoes off as soon as they can after practice or like during training camp where it gets bad, and they're walking around barefoot like holding their cleats because they just want to get their feet out of there. So it's 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 one of those unintended consequences. You you see the, you see the mangled fingers. You know when, when they you'll see a wide receiver stove his finger and then they won't get fixed and then it's like bent and it just stays bent in that awkward way for a while. The, the toes are even worse, but you never really see that very often. Is that uh, the Anthony Munoz, Brian Baldinger finger? Because they that's, get yes, that's yes. extremely bad. Where yes. where somehow they're pointing they're pointing like east and west with their hand when they're trying to point and give you a direction. <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry, which way should I go? You cross you're, that you're po- trying to keep pointing both ways. Yeah. <laughs> How many fingers am I holding up? I don't know. I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> that's <laughs> a trick question. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I know because Deion Sanders had had a legitimate. Uh, uh, like they were talking about amputation because of all the issues that he was having with his toes and just uh, the stuff that he was going through. And uh, that was one of the things because they're doing a documentary uh, through Barstool Sports where they were talking about amputation, like that he had like serious, serious issues. And so is that just because he was wearing speed cleats? And uh, and so you're just banging your toes against the front of your shoe for, you know, two, three hours in a game. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's I a rough go. You got to yeah. realize how fast yeah. these guys. Yeah are and how fast they're moving you know and and that stopping and that going 
And Dion, I mean, <laughs> Dion was one of the fastest and the, the greatest to ever do it in terms of his movement. It's interesting because when we were in Washington, he was always dealing with, with that toe. He had a bad, I, I, if I recall correctly, I, I believe it was his big toe that that was just giving him all kinds of all kinds of problems. But you you would have never known, you know, unless you were around him. You know, you, his locker was right near my locker, and you know, just to see, you know, I mean, he's he's so well groomed. So you look at him. I mean, yeah, he's got you know jacked up toes, I guess. But but so you so no taco meat is what you're saying. Nah, nah Dion was Dion was perfectly primped. You know, not like I was checking him all like that, but you know, I was a rookie. You know what I mean? And that is I mean, Dion okay Sanders. If you were like you had to look to see. All right, what am I supposed to look like in the NFL? I, I used to I used to this sounds so weird like I used to check out <laughs> like like you be in the locker room I'm like man they put me next to Bruce Smith Marco Coleman uh uh Big Daddy uh D- Dan Wilkinson Dan Wilkinson uh I, I mean that Dion was right there my locker was right next to Mark Carrier so I was in like you know the the reunion of Cocoon, uh, but they called it the Million Dollar Lane. <laughs> oh, 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 come on! I mean, uh, they were old. They were <laughs> old. reunion of Cocoon. That's uh, yeah, that is yeah. awful. So, but but hey, I used to be like you know I watch how they prepared, you know I watch how they did their uni- like Dion would lay his uniform out on the ground, like even with practice, like everything was always organized. Like, dude was so meticulous. It's, it's kind of crazy how meticulous the dude was, man. That uh, sounds like some OCD to me. Uh, yeah, if you're, but you uh, know, laying stuff out you, like that. You know, one of the other things about hockey, you know, when, when I went in there and I actually went through a practice session and I put the, the skates on and stuff like that and how hard those skates are and then how cold it is out there and 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 how fast, like, if you think, football players move fast hockey players are out there flying and 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 it's like okay you get on the sideline and you see how fast the football player is moving but when you get on the ice and you're trying to skate and then they're out there and they're skating and you realize it's it's like that idea of being in the water with a shark and you realize how out of out of your (laughs) element you really are uh, that's what I was feeling like. Long man. way from so, the grass. Uh, I felt very, very insignificant, <laughs> to say the least. I'll tell you that. Oh, man. It is uh, two pros to cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. I want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. We got a, a jam-packed show coming up. Again, congrats to uh, the brother-in-law, Brady Quinn, Jack Johnson. 21st American-born defenseman in NHL history to play a 1,000 career games. Just nice. an awesome accomplishment. Uh, we've got, to, in case you missed it, we got the good, the bad, and the ugly. The great Petros Papadakis is going to stop by. we got the BQ News. It is all lined up the next three hours here on Fox Sports Radio. But coming up next, um, there is a situation that has taken place in the world of sports, and apparently you are not being told the truth by many members on one side of it. We will get into that discussion for you right Right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific 
on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. See, this is a Wednesday song. All right, not that, uh, you know, Nacho Libre, whatever garbage you guys were throwing out a couple weeks ago. It's an amazing song. <laughs> this song or Nacho not, Libre? I am, I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad at the Humpty Dance either, though. <laughs> Uh, Shouts out so, to Shock G. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Did, he passed away recently, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. A couple yeah. years ago or something like that? Last yeah. year, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, uh, kind of uh, you know, awkward to uh, transition. Yeah, that I mean, this. that's, yeah, you know, you were kind of a matter of fact with it. Uh, yeah, know. just. Uh, that's I, why I said shots out to yeah, it. You know I, what I mean? I probably should double check whether or not somebody died before I say that on the air. Probably need yeah. confirmation on that. So. Well, no, he did, Jesus. unfortunately. <laughs> You know, yeah. yeah okay. Uh, geez, Roberto. <laughs> Thank God your mic was off. Uh, all right. Uh, so here we go. Uh, <laughs> April twenty second of twenty twenty one. Yeah, he's uh, so a uh, legend in the game, and uh, apparently, was a uh, Roberto. Yeah, was a jeez. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, coming up ten minutes from now, we are going to have a, a conversation about uh, you know a huge story in the NFL. Apparently, we are heading in a certain direction with this story, so that'll be a a fun conversation here. Uh, I want to let you know we are brought to you by Indeed. If Cole candidate calls aren't turning into hot hiring leads, then you need Indeed because Indeed's powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all from one place. Find your next great hire visiting Indeed.com slash credit. All right, so we were seeing these reports that were coming out yesterday about, man, oh man, uh, we've got momentum. It is building towards an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement in Major League Baseball. We are going to have a season. They set a deadline. Uh, Apparently we're not going to miss games and then oops all of a sudden yesterday took place uh the owners uh, gave their quote-unquote best and final offer the players rejected it and uh, commissioner rob manfred who is a uh, very very popular very well liked by everybody involved uh he uh, went on to say that the first couple of weeks our first couple series of the major league baseball season have been canceled so here we go major league baseball is back folks can't seem to get it together when it comes to the financials and people are waiting around to figure out when this season is going to start. Nice work, guys. Everybody involved. I I hate pointing fingers, but you have to look at the facts of of how any work stoppage happens, okay? In a lockout, just so people at home understand this, okay? The owners are locking out the players. So if there's one side that pushes it to this point because they don't like the deal and they want to come back to the negotiation table – it's the owners. That's how it happens. If the players didn't like it, it'd be called what's called a strike. So you've got the owners who have decided to lock out the players, which brings us to this point now. And then there's this fictitious deadline that they set that, you know, it, they don't have to do what they've done. And the more you read about <laughs> everything that they propose to the players, they basically locked them out for how long? Was it two months? And then they, they set a fictitious deadline. And then late in the night, they're trying to change all these things that they originally proposed, almost acting like, well, it's 12.30 a.m. The players are going to be tired. They're not going to see us slipping this in, slipping that in. They thought they were slick. And you've got players now who are coming out telling stories of how dumb they looked. It's just it's, – it's surprising to me because I feel like not that baseball – it's obviously still a major sport – but they've gone through work stoppages in the past, and I really feel like it's hurt their brand. I feel like it hurt their relationship with the fans. But this is an instance where 
you know, it, it shouldn't hurt the, the relationship with the players and the fans. It should be more about the owners. They've mismanaged this entire situation. Manfred's a terrible public speaker. I mean, he, was, he looked awful, <laughs> awful yesterday trying to answer questions as to how it didn't work. I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe. <laughs> he, he, he almost looked like, like a Simpsons character. Like he was so he was like trying to laugh it off and, you know, make light of it. But the reality is he's the one that's imposing they're canceling the first two series. It, it, get back to work on trying to find some sort of way of making this happen right now. Instead, the, the two sides just walk away. But it's largely in part because of the owners and their fictitious deadline. I'm just I just when when I hear of situations like this, the first thing I start to think of are the check to check players. And and I, I just, you know, you feel for them because there's going to be collateral damage. And, and I always feel like when there's an owners versus players situation, the owners tend to. Well, I don't, I don't want to say what I, be, you know, in terms of what I believe as a fact, here's an opinion, but I believe that ownership looks at the fact that you have way more players that need to be working than players that can say, you know what, like, let's hold the line. Let's be, you know, let's, let's, let's be together on this. Let's, let's make it work. Um, and, and that's why you, you start to, to, to experience so many conflicts. Then, then you also have the, the court of public opinion, as you just mentioned, Brady. And it, 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 it is reality to say that, a lot of times you have to look at the decision makers and say, okay, you know, how do you make this work before it gets to the, the point of where there is this lockout and, and the fans will be upset with the players and they'll be upset with the players because you know what? We know what players make. We publish what their salaries are and, and we see the largest contracts and we see hundreds of millions of dollars and fans get upset about the fact that how can you not figure out how to be on the same page when all this money is circulating from organization to to players. So there's a lot of complexities that get get stirred up and created when these types of situations take place. Like I said though, my concern is there are guys that that need to to be working because this this is their job and whatever it is that they generate in terms of their income um, is based off of them being able to play it's not it's not signing bonuses or anything like that it's their game checks and they're the ones that are in my opinion they are the ones that are most impacted by this stuff remember they only made 30 percent of their pay in 2020 due to covid so the players especially the ones you're talking about are still feeling that and, and I believe the union, they've been drawing on its reserves, you know, preparing for this possibility. Yeah. Um, and because I, I think they realized through the COVID negotiations and just trying to get that season going, they're like, this is going to be a problem in a couple of years. So now they're getting a monthly stipend of, of 15000 uh, for April. So the executive board is going to determine the next steps, but they're in a tough, tough situation. And, um, you know, they'll collectively lose. I want to say I saw a number for each day of that, like, 186 uh, regular season schedule. They'll lose, like, $20.5 yeah. I think, is the total of revenue that they'll miss out for every day missed. 
It's also, you know, the stadium workers, uh, the people that, you know, didn't get all Them those as home well. games. Absolutely. Uh, and the, they had to deal with COVID. Look, uh, you can uh, – Brady knows this being in Cleveland. Man, once LeBron left and the Cavs were bad for a couple years, that, yeah. that the venues outside this the arena there, I mean, they suffered. Struggled, big, man. Yeah, because those – that was their when – that, when that traffic is through, you go to Wrigley Field, all the bars around Wrigley Field, all of that traffic that comes through after a game, they're seasonal as it is. Imagine Imagine getting a portion of your season now cut into it. It'd be like a Christmas tree lot that's only open, you know, for two weeks as opposed to the full month before the holiday. It just so all those people are getting screwed. What's funny about the whole thing to me is the is the so blatantly obvious PR tactic by the owners to where they come out and they give everybody hope and everybody optimism that something's going to get done the next day. They let everybody know, hey, you know, we feel like uh, we're making momentum. They they manipulate the media members and all the people covering the sport to run on Twitter and try and give everybody hope when the players are sitting back going, hold on a second. This isn't anything better than what we've been talking about, but because they got to the media first, then when it comes back after the fact and a deal doesn't get done, there's people out there that are outraged because they think maybe the players are being selfish. It's just so blatantly, it feels like politics. It's so blatantly obvious what is happening. Like the financials, I mean that 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 is way above you know my uh, you know my mental uh, you know capacity as far as what the numbers are going to be and what the you know the taxes and all this stuff down the road, but the the blatant PR move by the owners just tells you where we're at with this whole thing. It's just, it's comedy through and through, but you know, I mean, a season's going to get done, right? I mean, they're going to have a season. It's just, now they're going to meet later on this week. It's going to be in New York uh, and they try and hash this whole thing out. Um, they're missing the first couple the, series of the season. That, yeah. That, that, that's not what I, I don't feel like they feel pressure until the, the, the TV money and those contracts feel pressure which I believe they don't start losing money until 25 games are missed. So that's kind of that key number in mind as they keep pushing back or maybe you know, cutting off portions of the season. And by the way, they could make up these two series. 100%. They could figure this out. <laughs> they could make it up. They could play you know, some doubleheaders. Yeah. They could do that. It it's all depends on if you know, the, the owners are willing to come back to the negotiation table instead of sitting on their hands right now and acting like they can't be negotiating. There's nothing that says that right now they couldn't be going back to the table negotiating to get a deal done. It's their fictitious deadline. It's their fault for putting the players in this position in the first place by locking them out. It's that simple. It's so a, what's the that's what's the end of it then? What like the uh, and everybody? I mean, well, you're, you're, you're not aware. Playoffs. You're aware now. What you're, you're, you're going to see expanded playoffs. That's one of the things the owners greatly desire. That um, minimum I mean, salaries I, is another big salaries, one for the players. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a there's another thing kind of going both, going both ways, but. Uh, I think much like it was in the NFL. I mean, it's just it's finding more ways. So, for example, we all know the postseason rates higher than the regular season. That's in every sport. Doesn't matter if it's hockey, baseball, football. And so, if you can expand the playoffs, it's only going to try to line the pockets of the owners, you know, better. And it creates probably bigger games, bigger events for even all the the you know local markets as far as what they're raking in. So that to me is one of the biggest tipping points. But the minimum salary for the players is, is obviously something they want as well.
It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up next, we got a huge story in the NFL. we got the very latest on that story. We will have that discussion for you here on FSR. For all the latest from around the world of sports, though, we turn it over to the great, the powerful, the one and only, a man who also has had well over a thousand shifts here at huh. Fox Sports Radio during his time, the great Eddie Garcia. It's actually probably true, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. I, now that I think about it, Eddie, you're well over that, right? Probably so, probably. So, didn't take nearly the punishment that uh, Jack I was going to say. Has. He's, Eddie's yeah. had a lot of pucks to the face. Yeah, a lot of pucks yeah. to the face. A lot of fists to the Eddie, face. Eddie, you play uh, hockey. Have you taken pucks to the face before? I wear a, a, a full cage. Are you kidding me? I'm not. I'm not taking oh, yeah. no puck to my face. No way. Should I ask him that? And be like, Jack, why don't you just wear a full cage? Actually, you know what I said to him. I, I did say this at one point. I said, if you're shooting the puck, there's a lot harder ch- time of getting hit in the face by a puck. So maybe you should switch to forward yeah, or something. Get aggressive. You know? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I'm sure Jack would, Jack would laugh at the idea of him <laughs> wearing the – the full the cage, cage yeah he, he he didn't even entertain it like no. it was like he he was like you don't know what you're talking about i'm just moving on with this conversation are, are, you, are you even allowed to wear a full cage at the nhl yeah you can uh, there's a guy wearing it right now dougie hamilton is a, uh, he's coming back from a broken jaw so he's got the yeah. full-on thing going on you have to break your jaw yeah. to be able to wear a cage amongst the players <laughs> that's true. He's savages that is true yeah. that is true uh not savages would be uh, major league baseball uh yeah. returning uh, from that marathon negotiation session that they had uh, and, uh, well, it gave us a little hope. Maybe something was going to happen, and it didn't happen on Tuesday. So the deadline was met, and uh, Rob Manford, the commissioner, announcing the first two series of the regular season have been canceled. First time in 27 years that regular season games are lost over a labor dispute. Uh, no word on when the two sides are going to meet again to resume negotiations. Thank you, Eddie. Two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio coming up 15 minutes from now. One of the best to ever do it in his sport in a crazy, crazy story over the past couple of days. Uh, we'll have the details on that for you here on FSR. Um, so the uh, latest on Aaron Rodgers, look, I uh, I thought it was going to get done yesterday. Um, I'm glad mm-hmm. I didn't take LeVar up on his bet. He wanted me to pull hump uh, if Aaron Rodgers didn't make his decision on the Pat McAfee show Oh, yesterday. is that still the bet thing you're doing? The, you're betting uh, pull humps? Yeah, pull I mean, humps. that's always been my thing. You know, because it's funny as hell. So I've always. It, it is funny from yeah. the video you sent. Yeah. <laughs> but you were shaking that pole. Yeah. Like that I don't You're know where that pole is, but pole. it's not sturdy. Yeah. You have to shake the pole. <laughs> just, uh, That's why you got to choose like a thin tree or a smaller looking, uh, you know, like I said, light pole. Uh, it has to shake in order for you to get the full impact of the bet payoff. Uh, yeah. That's just uh, just grotesque. Uh, so not it, really. Story. I mean, but I, I would have lo- I would have enjoyed well, to have civilized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Berto um, could have been out on the scene or Lee. Could have been on the scene with you while it took place, while we were on the show, and you paid your debt. But you know, but let's get back to the point yeah. of what why the bet was relevant to you and not to me. I assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to make the decision uh, on uh, his wanting to stay with the Green Bay Packers or moving on uh, on the Pat McAfee show. He did not, and now the report is, uh, according to I believe Ian Rappaport, who had this, that uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are working on a quote short term deal that would make him the highest paid player in the NFL. I don't know what short-term means. I don't know what that uh, that money's going to look like, but nonetheless, uh, Aaron Rodgers yet to make a decision, and uh, and now we wait to see uh, how this whole thing plays out as we get a little bit more information each day that leads up into his uh, eventual decision. I, I've, I've read that wrong, and, and I'll be in Indianapolis a little later on, so I'll give you a sense of what the buzz is, but 
you know, Ian Rappaport put out that they were working on a contract in the event that he wants to come back. I, I guess that he hasn't made it, you know, his decision to the Packers front office that he's coming back. They're just working on a contract. And then Brian Gutenkoot says has come out and said, well, yeah, we haven't heard any trade offers for Aaron Rodgers, which I think is absolute garbage. Uh, there's no way that no one's, especially in Indianapolis, where people tend to rub shoulders a lot and bump into each other and say, oh, hey, how you doing? Good to see you, Brian. I haven't seen you in a while. Hey, by the way, is Aaron Rodgers, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get that deal done, you know? Um, it, it seems very unlikely that interested teams haven't made an offer or haven't poked around of what that would look like. So, look, Green Bay has and will continue to be out in front of all this. That's why they continue to push out certain narratives. And you haven't heard anything from Aaron Rodgers, which we didn't hear anything from him last week. That was large because A.J. Hawk wasn't there. He wasn't scheduled to be on the McAfee show that, you know, yesterday. So that was the other reason why I kind of felt like it wasn't going to happen. But the truth is, at, at some point here soon, I think you're going to find out what his decision is going to be and then whether it's that contract that could be in place by then with Green Bay or one that would really reflect what he's looking for from any other franchise. Because that's what, that's what you have to remember is when him and his agent are doing this deal with Green Bay, it's also going to look almost identical to any team that would trade for him because he's only got one year left. So he'd want to look to then get traded and then sign an extension. And, it, and the framework would look like this regardless if it's Green Bay or any other team. So I don't know that we've seen any, you know, any shift or momentum in anything yet, but it's all, to me, Green Bay taking pressure off their shoulders because there's the chance that this guy could come back and say, ah, I'd rather go somewhere else to finish out my career. So they don't want to look like it's their fault. They almost look like the, the Major League Baseball owners and Rob Manfred at this yeah. point in time trying to just push everything off on yeah. the players. <laughs> All right, how do I come back? Uh, uh, how do I come after that? Uh, let me let me think here. Uh, so, so as far as I'm concerned, the Green Bay Packers would be foolish to trade Aaron Rodgers after consecutive MVP seasons. That's first and foremost. Secondly, the amount that would need to be offered to justify that trade actually becoming a thing would, would, in my estimation, have to be so astronomical. If you're thinking about what they're trying, they're talking about in terms of with Deshaun Watson, then what is Aaron Rodgers' value on, on the trade block? That's, that's, that, that would be a part of my thought process. The, the pressure of, of this situation is certainly on Green Bay to try to convince Aaron Rodgers to come back. And if they are creating a public perception that they're doing everything that they can to get him back, I say the only way Aaron Rodgers gets out of this thing alive is retirement. You're not going like if if I'm and 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 I keep saying it, they have to I know they got to tread softly because Obviously, if if they rub him the wrong way, he may. Aaron Rodgers strikes me as the type. If if he was expecting or thinking or or maybe even measuring that he was going to return, 
to to Green Bay and Green Bay says something to the effect of what I'm thinking they need to say, he might be like, screw you guys. I'm out of here. I hope that wasn't a red button word. Uh, we be, we nah, have been fine. on a roll. No, nah, you're fine. Um, he he might say, you know, I don't I don't want to deal with you guys. I'm I'm going to retire. He might he might very well do that, and and so I, I get maybe where the the sensitivities of how to handle this would come from. But if I'm Green Bay, one of the things that and I guess maybe they have said it in so many words, we're not trading them. Like I, if I'm Green Bay, I'm saying, listen. Either we can get a deal done and Aaron Rodgers plays for Green Bay and is going to be a Green Bay Packer. Or we don't. Let's start right there. Like, let's now create that as our new starting point because this is still so very open ended. And if I if I'm Green Bay, I I'm hoping that by saying that, that that's a that's a trigger or that's a signal to these teams that may want to trade for him. That if you're not coming with with a I just couldn't we couldn't refuse it offer, then don't come at all because. That's just the caliber of player Aaron Rodgers is, and that's how much he he means to this organization, and and that's the truth. That's not that's not smoke screening. That is the truth, and so now it comes down to what Aaron Rodgers wants to do in this situation. It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up next, one of the best ever to do it in his sport, involved in a crazy storyline over the past couple of days. We'll have that for you right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, the here FSR. Coming up top of the next hour, a little over 10 minutes from now, do we have a new head coach quarterback feud in the National Football League? We will get into the very latest. A strange situation. Uh, we will have that conversation here with you uh, on Fox Sports Radio. Before we get to another edition of In Case You Missed It, want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's that's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Sometimes you can't get to everything in the world of sports or entertainment. Good thing the guys are here to bring you in case you missed it. And for that, we turn it over to our executive producer, Lee Dlap, to find out the latest. What's up, Lee? You guys, a, uh, a disturbing story, UFC legend, Former UFC heavyweight Kane Velasquez is was arrested and spent the night in jail. He's uh, waiting Wednesday court date and is being charged with attempted murder. Yeah, uh, this one, this is a little dicey. So apparently, um, and I don't know, I don't know if this is confirmed, but one of the reports that I saw was that um, a family member of his was molested at a daycare facility and some of the reports say it might have been his own daughter 
So he knew that the person who got arrested for it was released on bail. So he chased down the car with a gun, shot at the car, missed the guy who did it, but ended up striking his stepfather. Um, It's non-life-threatening injuries, but that's why he got arrested. And so when everyone saw this story and just said, man, that's that's bizarre. He's one of the nicest guys in the sport, one of the greatest, uh, you know, heavyweight fighters of all time in the UFC, former champion. It doesn't seem anything like him. And then you see those deal details come out. I, I mean, I'm not saying there's any excuse for that, but this does feel like one of those situations where you take into account all that went on and it, it's maybe not, you know, the, the the craziest idea in the world to think a guy would, would go off like that and, and pretty justifiable. I call it yeah. temporary insanity. Eh, I mean... I, look, I, the, I understand, like, when it comes to the to, to law enforcement, when it comes to, you know, the legal ramifications, none of that is taken into account. But when you hear this stuff, you go, okay, I kind of get it. Um, and so there's so now they're waiting to see what, what happens uh, moving forward. But crazy story. Just chased him down in the street and started shooting into the car. So mm. there's that. Uh, what else we got, Lee? Guys, in case you missed it, we had talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, about the viewership for the Super Bowl being at about 167 million. Well, Nilsson has come out and accepted that that number is going to be at least 25% higher with at least 208 million people in America watching at least part of the Super Bowl. Jesus, man. Hey, I feel better about America after this stat. Yeah, I you really bet, do. You bet your ass. Well, I, I remember when the remember the numbers initially came out, like 112 was kind of the, the number they used for a while, yeah. I, I believe, at for least as average. far as the average, right. And I'm like, well, what, what's the rest of the country doing? Like, what, what are you guys doing? All right, now it's not. It's only like, what, 120-some million that you're going to ask that question <laughs> that to? So so. I don't know if, we, if we're able to find this by the end of the show, but what was number two during that time period that was the most watched thing on television? I think it was Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I'm just saying, I think it was Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> well, okay, that, tells you, that tells you what the rest of America is doing. <laughs> Hold on. I got I to gotta know what number two is. Murder, She Wrote still on the air? Is that the one where she had the typewriter before it's, the show? Yeah, it's syndicated. Yes. I mean, oh, okay. It's out there somewhere. Okay. Maybe it was Matlock. I think it was Matlock. <laughs> Matlock. No. Is this all? Is this all the uh, the old uh, CBS shows? Golden Dallas. Was Dallas. it Golden Girls? Uh, what about um, what was it? Touched by an Angel. Uh, there's oh, that show. Good one. Hey, oh, wow. listen up. My band was featured on that show twice on Touched by an Angel. Oh, it's a fa- I swear to God, that's a true oh, story. Wow. Okay. Kid, uh, true story. Kids. Little House on the Prairie? Yeah, well, not that one, but <laughs> on Touched by an Angel, there's two episodes. The first one, these kids roll up to an elementary school because they're planning to bomb the elementary school, and the music they're listening to in the car when they pull up is our band. How about that? little fun fact for I you. Mean, we still get okay, like 25 bucks in the I mail every time they air that Don't take this the wrong way, Yeah, but if your band could do that... But then it just fell apart afterwards. Like that, I'm not sure what's worse. Well, I mean, like you'd almost rather not have gotten to that point because it gives you hope. And then things don't work out. Uh, well, I mean, um, in oh, fairness, geez. it was because uh, somebody that worked on the musical side of it uh, may have been the father of one of the members or two of the members in the band. So there wait, was, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't what, like we were same good. mom. 
Well, yeah, well, it was the dad, but yeah, you know, the same. Uh, they were together. I think they're still together. I hope so. I mean, you know, that would be an, an awkward confused. conversation. I'm, I'm just I'm confused. Somebody but, related uh, to members of the band was working on the musical side of things. That's how we got a foot in the door. It wasn't because we were good. I'll just okay. put it, make that clear. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so you, you didn't have uh, unrealistic expectations is what you're saying. No. Like, okay, okay, good. <laughs> I, I, said, I would hate for you to feel crushed by the fact that you were on Touched by an Angel or to come to realize oh, you guys actually weren't that good. What, what, type of, what type of band has a, uh, a song on Touched by the Ang- Angel or Touched by an Angel? Oh, my gosh. Hey, by the way, I just got a text from Justin Cooper who said he also was on Touched by an Angel. How about that? Mm. that? That's what I'm talking about here. That's the kind of power alley and powerhouse performers we've got here on this uh, on this Fox Sports Radio Yeah, but network. he was actually on it. Like, he was, his face was on it. It is hour two next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 